When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. Mike McDaniel not here uh, right now. Of course, he is off on paternity leave, as we explained in the previous episode. Um, had a beautiful baby boy born a few days ago. It's funny stories. He's actually going to share a birthday with that beautiful baby boy. Um, sounds like everyone is happy and healthy and in good shape for now and, and doing well on the road to recovery. So, uh, it sounds like he is enjoying those precious first few days of, of parenting uh, and all that comes with it. So uh, reach out to him on Twitter. Send him your, your good vibes if you feel so inclined. Uh, today, this show is just me. It is a solo show. It's something that I have maybe done like once or twice in the past, uh, Very, really pretty rarely. So we'll see how this goes. I felt like from the last time that Mike and I recorded a couple weeks back, we told you that the next thing you were going to hear was uh, the beginning of our preview season. Well, that kind of went out the window here as we've had some pretty major news in the last week or so that's come out around college football and the ACC especially. Uh, wanted to make sure that we hit on that a little bit here before getting into uh, preview season. And if you're Thinking to yourself, you know, Joey, this was all stuff that came out more than a week ago. Why did it take this long? Well, things happen. Sometimes you're under the weather. Sometimes you're going on a five-day vacation to get away and, and you know, all that. So anyways, back now, wanted to talk about this just briefly. Uh, and, and hopefully, again, this is a listenable show, uh, even though it is just myself talking. So uh, any, any feedback you have, please let me know. I'm at Mike McDaniel SI on Twitter. Um. Two things I wanted to hit on. The first one, the ACC dropped a scheduling announcement. Uh, There is a change coming starting in the fall of 2023 to the way that the ACC does its scheduling. And I I was very excited by this news personally. Um, This is something that we have talked about in the past as an option and something that they might be considering. Um, basically, the schedule is going to uh, move on and, and no longer be using a divisional model. Uh, so the Coastal Division, the Atlantic Division, those are all out the window. Uh, the ACC instead will be working off of a three-five-five scheduling model. Uh, and so what that means is that each team in the ACC is assigned three permanent opponents um, they will play those opponents every year, obviously alternating home and away. And then every other year, they will play the other 10 teams in the conference. So you play five one year, five the following year, uh, and then flip the home and away for years three and four. So they put out a schedule out to 2026. So starting you know, 2023, 24, 25, and 26, of who each team will be playing home and away those seasons. 
Um, so very exciting, I think. It, it ends up with a lot more, uh, a lot. Uh, there, there's less repetitiveness to it, and certainly as the conference has grown to 14 teams, and you're still only playing eight conference games, including the the, the crossover game. I mean, you could go six years without playing another team that's in the same conference, and you could go 12 years without playing in every stadium within the conference. Uh, because again, it takes. Uh, a long time to kind of run through all that. Now you'll be playing every team in the conference uh, every other year at minimum, and you'll be playing in every stadium in the conference every four years. So if a student comes in and takes a roster spot at NC State, stays for four years, they will have a chance to play every team in the conference home and away in that four years that they are in school. So I, I think that's an improvement. I think that is a really good thing. Uh, it's a good thing for the fans, good thing for, for the players. Um, obviously, you know, if you're looking to, you know, perhaps structure some trips, you know, if you want to travel to go watch your team play an away game, this gives you the opportunity, again, to see some unique places and some, some unique matchups every year rather than uh, mostly just playing the same teams year after year. Um, so I think that's a good thing. The other thing that comes with this is, again, if we're eliminating the divisions, well, how do you then determine who are your two participants in the ACC championship game uh, in December? And the way that that is going to work is the top two teams based on conference winning percentage. So that's, that's a very key point here is conference winning percentage in that it doesn't really matter who your out-of-conference games are it's not just your overall best overall record dictating who goes to play in Charlotte. It is purely your eight conference games uh, that will dictate it. And that's, that's in and of itself kind of similar to what it has always been. Uh, but just another kind of uh, point of clarity, I think, as we move into a new future for how these things are being scheduled and how we're uh, assessing standings. So uh, I don't want to run through every single one of these, you know, permanent pairings or anything. But I uh, did want to hit on a few things that I think that stuck out to me looking at some of these pairings. So, again, we've got, uh, we, we've got every team in the conference has three permanent opponents assigned. And one other point of clarity, too, we've talked about in the past the idea of pods basically becoming miniature divisions. Basically, you could break the conference into pods of four teams or even you know three teams where they would then all be playing each other. Uh, this is not that either. This is just everybody has their own assigned three permanent opponents, um, but there's not necessarily anything in common from one team to the next in terms of how those were being assigned. So um, a couple things that stuck out to me. Uh, I, I was confused on how this was executed for the triangle teams. Um, and what I mean by that is that Duke was assigned all three other triangle teams. So they get North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest. North Carolina and NC State get two of the other triangle teams. They'll play each other every year, and then they'll both play Duke every year. And then Wake Forest only gets one other triangle team, being that they play Duke every year. So Wake Forest continuing to not be matched up with UNC, NC State, and, uh, well, I guess they will play Duke on an annual basis, but not playing UNC or NC State on an annual basis, just kind of an interesting decision to me. Uh, North Carolina will have Duke, NC State, and Virginia. 
NC State gets Duke, UNC, and Clemson every year. So we'll play the Textile Bowl every fall, which I think will be a fun a fun matchup and has provided a lot of fun matchups in recent years. Uh, Wake Forest gets Duke, but then they get Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. So, um, I, I, again, I don't know exactly how that decision was made, but it is what it is, and that's that's kind of what we ended up with. So, um, interesting what they did with those four teams in in North Carolina in the research triangle. Uh, I did notice there were a lot of old Big East rivalries being maintained, and again, I mean half half the conference at one point or another was in the Big East, so uh, lots of opportunities for that. But for instance, if you look at Pitt's matchups. Pittsburgh is going to be playing annually against Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. Um, all of that being a, a heavy Big East lineage there. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I, I think there's always, yeah, I think Virginia Tech and Pitt would have uh, would have overlapped in the Big East for sure. Um, Boston College and Miami are going to have an annual game against each other, which is going to be interesting to watch, um, especially if you get that game later into the year. You either have Boston College going to South Florida playing a warm weather game or more fun is you have Miami going north to play a cold weather game. Uh, the, the the two teams that are, I believe, the furthest away from each other within the conference going to be playing each other every year. So that's uh, that's a good time. One of the thing that stuck out to me was that most of the existing uh, permanent crossover games that we had previously those are being maintained. Uh, so obviously you have the rivalry game between uh, Miami and Florida State. They were formerly, again, of the Coastal and the Atlantic. That game is going to be maintained. Same thing with uh, North Carolina, NC State, uh, Georgia Tech and Clemson, Virginia and Louisville, Wake Forest and Duke, and Pitt and Syracuse. Those are all maintained. Those are all going to continue being played every year. The only one that was removed, and we talked about this one a little bit in, in the past couple of months, is the Virginia Tech and Boston College game. And that's something that I think Mike in particular was really excited about getting rid of. And that was one of those games where it, it seems like there was a lot of confusion as to why both sides were pretty invested in getting rid of that game. It's not a thing that they hate each other that much. It's not that they... Felt like it wasn't a winnable game on either side. It was purely they just they were just tired of playing each other and not feeling like it got them anywhere. <laughs> it felt like there was just not that much interest, really. Um, and so that one is the one that then uh, will go away. And so as mentioned, Boston College gets to Miami. They'll also get Pittsburgh and Syracuse. Once again, kind of keeping that big Big East uh, history together. Uh, and then Virginia Tech will play Pittsburgh. They'll play Virginia, obviously, and Wake Forest. Uh, and if you're confused by that one, I believe that that is uh, relevant, uh, kind of related to the short driving distance between Blacksburg and Winston-Salem. Um, I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think I, I want to say it's something only like maybe three hours or something driving between the two. Um, it's, uh, I, I think Virginia Tech, if I'm remembering correctly, is actually closer to Winston-Salem uh, than they are to like Charlottesville, for instance, with, uh, you know, with UVA. So that's, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, that'll hopefully maybe form a couple of new rivalries. The one thing that, that as if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know, that we have a lot of fun with the, uh, the Tecmo Bowl, as it were, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. We decided long ago that, uh, whoever wins that game gets to be considered the real tech on this show for the following year. 
Uh, of course, until I tried to you know pull something and decide that like the Braves beating the Red Sox means that Georgia Tech is the real Tech again, just just to irk Mike a little bit. Uh, that game is not going to be an annual game anymore, unfortunately. Um, as mentioned, Virginia Tech getting Pitt, Virginia, and Wake Forest every year. Georgia Tech getting Clemson, Louisville, and Wake Forest. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed by that. Um, I, I don't fully understand why they didn't feel the need to uh, to keep Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech paired on an annual basis. That was a good rivalry, certainly for the first you know the first half or so of, of uh, the ACC championship kind of timeline, starting in, in the mid 2000s, going up through uh, the early 2010s. I mean, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, that game was played every year, and basically the winner every year went to the ACC championship game. It uh, became a rival- rivalry. It's it's not really a, a hateful rivalry, I don't think. Um, you know, I, I, I've i met a couple of nasty Hokie fans in my life. I'm sure Hokie fans have met a few nasty Georgia Tech fans in their in their lives. I mean, it, it is how it is, but um, not, not a rivalry that's really like a blood rivalry in, in so many ways, I don't think. It was just a game that both teams really, really wanted to win. And obviously, again, both teams being in the Coastal, it had a lot of impact on – you know, what does what does the end of the season look like in terms of the ACC championship game? Obviously, now neither team has played for the ACC championship since I believe 2016, the first year we did this podcast that Virginia Tech played in that ACC championship game in year one under Justin Fuente. Uh, obviously, times changed quickly after that, uh, after that year for that program and uh, Georgia Tech now in uh, Quite the downturn, you might call it, under Jeff Collins. So the uh, the significance has been lost over the last few years, I would say. But uh, still a disappointment to me that that, that game is not being played in an a- on an annual basis. Mike and I are going to have to find other things to antagonize each other over in the off years. Uh, we have decided, and I'm sure this can also be changed and will be changed at some point. Uh, the the official real tech, uh, the official real tech logo or uh, label is going to just be a two-year cycle now, I guess, if, uh, if they're not going to play each other every single year. Uh, that game actually will be played this fall in 2022 and then will be played again in Blacksburg in 2024. So 2023, we will not have a Tecmo Bowl game to discuss. I think that sucks. I'm guessing you know a lot of folks on both sides of that rivalry would say the same. So, um, you know, not great on that end. That is all I have on the scheduling. Again, there, there, there's a lot of individual matchups we can get into here, but if nothing else, I think it's going to be a lot of fun seeing fresh matchups every year, uh, seeing teams play in different stadiums every year. You, you kind of get out of a little bit of a rut, and, and you get to experience the entire conference. Uh, so I think that'll be a really good thing. But let us know your thoughts. Um, obviously, there's, there's a lot more to be discussed here. Do you like this? Is this good? Uh, are you going to travel to a couple of new stadiums now that, uh, that that's on your team's schedule? Or are you just going to keep, you know, doing the things you've been doing? Um, you know, does this, does this really not move the needle for you at all? Uh, let us know your thoughts. Send us an email uh, to basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Or you can send us on Twitter. You know, I'm at FTRS Showy. He's at Mike McDaniel SI. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, that's all for scheduling. I have one more thing I want to talk about. But first, I need to remind you about Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place for, uh, for buying Georgia Tech apparel. It is, uh, they've got some really high-quality stuff. Uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. 
Not that you need hoodies right now, but I will say I'm right, right now I am wearing my uh, tech. It just says tech across the, the chest. It is a performance shirt. It is hotter than hell today, uh, and it, this shirt is helping to keep me cool, keep me comfortable, and it looks great. So uh, highly, highly recommended. Uh, again, a lot of great things there. They've also started selling stickers. Uh, again, sent me one in the mail. It's really great. Uh, they've got an ATL sticker, and they've got another one that's labeled Fight, Win, Drink, Get Naked. I, I don't know if that's an official cheer or, or it's officially associated with Georgia Tech, uh, but it looks cool to me. I, I'm hoping to get one here very soon. So go check it out. Section103.com. All sorts of things with the official Tech Gold, the ATL logo, things that you can't really find anywhere else. You can find them all there. Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. If you, if you haven't been ordering from them already, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you're doing. You're missing out. They, they've got some really great stuff, so go check them out. One more time, that was section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Thank you to Steven and the gang over there for their support. Very much appreciate it. Looking forward to having that continued support here into a second season now uh, as they just hit their one-year anniversary, I do believe. So congratulations to them. The other thing I wanted to discuss on this show is, is much, it's not directly ACC related, but it is uh, very tangentially, very much related in, in a lot of ways. Uh, there was a news report that came out late last week. Um, it was indicating that US, USC and UCLA were exploring or when dis, were in dis, discussions to go make a move in 2023 to the Big Ten. Uh, then like three hours later, that was official. There were statements put out that they will be moving to the big 10 and let me, I'm so prepared for this. Uh, let me double check the year 24, sorry, 2024. So they'll play the PAC 12 this year and next year. And then in 24 will be when they move to the big 10. Um, this is obviously, this is two PAC 12 teams moving to the big 10. So you might, if, if you, you're allowed to be wondering here, why are we talking about it on an ACC show? Well, this does feel indicative of a kind of we're starting to go ahead and make the move towards what college football is going to look like in 10 or 15 years. Um, I think that started really with the initial shot last year of Texas and Oklahoma announcing that they were going to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC. I think this is this is kind of the Big Ten's rebuttal to that. Um, and, and I think they specifically said this is not related to that move. Well, don't treat me like an idiot. Yes, it is. It's very obviously related to that move. Um, this is the Big Ten setting themselves up to be the second, you know, the, the obvious other major conference in college football uh, in, in the near future. Um, what this means for the ACC is you now have two conferences in the SEC and the Big Ten that are setting themselves uh, far and away apart from what you are doing currently in terms of um, media power, money, dollars, all those things. Um, it is it is a bit of a threat to the ACC. Um, you're already seeing this in terms of media dollars and, and some of the contracts that have been negotiated. And we've talked about how the current ACC contract with ESPN is less than lucrative and is problematic at best, I would say, for the conference in terms of uh, remaining competitive on the field and being able to uh, – continue competing for national championships and relevance and uh, recruits and everything. I mean, it, it's 
unfortunately, this is kind of what college football has started to become is all about the dollars and the cents and the media contracts and these things. Um, USC and UCLA going to the Pac, going to the Big Ten uh, is a bit threatening for the ACC, uh, especially with now the, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 both feeling threatened by having lost their own members. Uh, they're talking about potentially, you know, consolidating a little bit into their own kind of super conference. Um, and so the ACC, I think there's, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. First off, this is a, a good point to be thinking or, or wondering, well, who's going to leave the ACC for the SEC or uh, for the Big Ten? And there's, there's been plenty of speculation around uh, brands like Clemson, Florida State, Miami potentially being fits with the SEC. Even brands like, say, North Carolina, Virginia, NC State being fits with the Big Ten. Um, and, and I think there's, there's something to be said for that in terms of, um, you know, academic profiles as well as, you know, just eyeballs and interest uh, that those conferences would be, you know, interested in bringing in on their end. Now making, you know, some of these bigger ACC fan bases into Big Ten fan bases or SEC fan bases. Um, there is a, a pretty big roadblock that seems to be in place right now for, uh, for these ACC teams to leave for one, of the, one or the other conference. Um, with the grant of rights deal that was signed, and I believe it was back in 2012, maybe 2013, um, it was when they announced that the ACC network was going to be uh, a thing – one of the big things that they did was a grant of rights. And basically what that means is um, instead of Wake Forest and Syracuse and Louisville and Georgia Tech and everyone else going out and negotiating media deals for themselves, they grant their media rights to the ACC so that the ACC can negotiate that for the whole collective group. Um, it enables collective bargaining, I guess, in, in a way. And that's probably using that phrase incorrectly, so... Uh, once again, at Mike McDaniel SI on Twitter, let me know uh, if I'm using that word wrong. But uh, they they did this grant of rights, and one of the things it said, and you might remember when Maryland left the conference, uh, this is where they were charged with like a $50 million uh, buyout fee to leave to go to the Big Ten. And that that deal is still in place. And it's interesting, there's, a, there's an article on WRALsportsfan.com, and that's, of course, if you, that sounds familiar, that's where uh, Lauren Brownlow is a uh, writer and a, a content creator of sorts. Um, there's an article there where they got a copy of the grant of rights document um, and, and were able to kind of analyze it. And basically the, the verbiage is this. Each of the member institutions acknowledges that the grant of rights during the entire term is irrevocable and effective until the end of the term regardless of whether the member institution withdraws from the conference during the term or otherwise ceases to participate as a member of the conference. What that is to say is that this deal that runs through 2036 means that these schools will be forfeiting whatever media money they would be getting as a member of the ACC, and the ACC has rights to that media money that they would be, in theory, earning by moving to the SEC or the Big Ten. So the ACC would get all of that money for any of these schools. It does not apply to Maryland, uh, obviously, as they already left the conference and they didn't want to sign that and set themselves up that way. But 
anybody that's currently in the ACC, for them to leave the conference, they would be forfeiting an absolute king's ransom amount of money over a, a, about a 15-year period uh, if they were to leave the conference and if this clause and contract were to hold up in court. Now, therein lies the rub, is would this actually hold up in court, you know, or would, uh, would some billable hours be put in and result in some of these schools getting off for a much, much lower penalty? Quite possible. Quite possible. Now, the other interesting kind of an analog- analogous situation here was Texas and Oklahoma announcing mid-last year that they're going to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC in July of 2025. So they gave a four-year notice. The, the assumption back then was, oh, well, there's no way they're going to stick around all the way to 2025. They'll probably be out by 2023 at the latest. Like, they'll, they'll you know, just pay up the sum of money and go join the SEC, and that'll be that. Well, they haven't done that yet. And that news is not broken, and there has not been any speculation that, like, yeah, they're, they're going to cut out and leave early. And it's like if that, if that penalty that they would have to pay for leaving the Big 12 is too big for the checkbooks at Oklahoma and Texas, you got to think that that is actually really prohibitive uh, for, a, for like an ACC program. Again, talking about the, the hundreds of millions of dollars that we're discussing, it would cost those programs to leave the ACC uh, over the next 15 years. Obviously, different dollar amounts there and, 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 and so forth. But I think if nothing else, it tells me, well, Oklahoma and Texas haven't been able to uh, wriggle out of that in court. Maybe the ACC would be able to hold up this way. So something to consider. Um, but ultimately, I think what this is, is, is what we're moving towards is a college football world where, first of all, there is a break off from the NCAA um, some of these, you know, certainly the, the SEC and the Big Ten are, are positioning themselves to leave the NCAA in terms of a football standpoint, at the very least, and go be independent, um, independent entities and kind of set their own rules in terms of, you know, are we able to pay players and what's, what's allowed in terms of budgets and hiring and, and all those things. The things that have gotten so out of control and that the NCAA has gotten to the point of basically acting like they can't even police this anymore. I think those are the things that, you know, we basically want to be able to govern ourselves is what the SEC and the Big Ten are thinking. And there have been indications of that from some recent news reports in the last year or so as well. So that's what we're moving towards is some some group of schools breaking away from the NCAA. Now, right now, the Big Ten and the SEC have 32 schools as we sit here. Uh, it is Wednesday, July the 6th. It is almost 5 o'clock Central Time. Um, currently, those conferences have 32 teams. Um, the question in my mind becomes this future organization for college football, how many teams does that entail? It's probably more than 32, but basically I think the thought experiment you can go with here is pick a number. Is it 40 teams, 48 teams, 60 teams, you know, whatever you figure there's 32 seats on the boat already filled so now you get to go around and fill those remaining seats. If it's 48, now there's 16 open spots. And you can see how very quickly this can become a thing where certain teams from the ACC make it into that boat and others don't. I mean, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, again, as mentioned, are, are pretty big football brands and would bring a lot of interest. And, and you can see why those would be valuable to this new league. But, I mean, then I look around to some of the smaller schools. Um Wake Forest and Duke, I mean, 
Duke from a basketball standpoint is is probably one of the most powerful brands in the conference, but from a football standpoint, that doesn't make sense at all. I mean, they're, they're, they're an afterthought in terms of football support. Um, there's, there's a number of schools here that could potentially be left behind. And what is left behind looked like? I mean, you can still play football and you're still going to have a team, you know, that wears your Jersey and your colors and, and all those things. But are they playing in the same league, playing for the same championships and the same prizes as, you know, your, your, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you know, all those teams? Probably not. Probably not uh, in, in some form or fashion. Now, if it's, if it's 60 teams, I would imagine that most of the ACC would be able to get in the boat. The other thing to consider here with, again, there's, there's 65 Power 5 programs. Uh, I would imagine that there's a couple in the Pac-12 that are almost certainly going to get left behind. Uh, you have some things like that. But there's other schools that might also be able to get in the boat this way. Again, you've got a couple of them that are jumping up to Power 5 here soon with UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, even like a BYU. Uh, Notre Dame is not included in that number. And you know that they would be certainly the 33rd seat on the boat. It's just a question of of, does that involve actually legitimately joining a conference or uh, would they just be able to break away with this Super League, you know, whatever. But you know that they're not going to get left behind. So that's the question, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of you know rumors and reports, and who's doing what. But at the end of the day, um, that's what we seem to very clearly be moving towards, and I I don't like it for multiple reasons. Uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't say, as a Georgia Tech fan, I am very concerned about Georgia Tech having enough interest to make it into whatever that future of college football is, and it's going to suck if. Uh, you know, they're not playing a lot of teams that they've normally played in the past because, well, they're just playing in a different league. Uh, that would suck. And, and I am nervous that Georgia Tech actually has the level of interest uh, that would make them a, a valuable member in one of those spots on the boat. Uh, I don't know. So the fear or the concern is very real. It's very out there. And, um, it, you know, like I said, it worries me. Ultimately, I don't I don't think this is something that we need to be immediately worried about with the ACC. Um, it, it is really annoying that this comes out like two days after the ACC tries to make a positive media splash by announcing their scheduling change. And then two days later, it's like, well, yeah, the, the future of college football might be in, you know, a little bit threatened right now. So <laughs> it's easy to take the spotlight off that way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm curious to get your all's thoughts as well. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think this is a, a particularly good thing for a lot of the programs within the ACC, but maybe I'm looking at it wrong. And, and maybe you see it and you, you're able to be a little bit more optimistic about it than I am. Um, but it is something that is is going on that is kind of adjacent to the ACC, but very much impacts the ACC. So um, something to be aware of and, and be thinking about. Um, like I said, yeah, write in. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, once again, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, at Mike McDaniel SI, at FTRS Joey, at BC Podcast ACC on Twitter. Uh, those are some places that you can write in, give us your thoughts. Uh, let us know what questions you have. We are going to come back. And again, now hopefully all this you know ridiculous breaking news is over. Uh, I intend to start trying to get some of these season previews going here in the next few days. So stay tuned. 
uh, you should be hearing that here very, very soon is kicking off that scheduling series uh, or the scheduling, the, the preview series. Uh, I've been talking by myself for 30 minutes now. I'm sorry. My brain's not really working at this point, but keep it tuned here. We're going to start previewing some teams, uh, looking at some schedules, uh, doing the same thing that we've done in past years uh, of talking to some experts from these particular teams. Uh, just a, a different thing this year in that it's just going to be, you know, kind of some solo shows for a while uh, in terms of just me or just Mike with those experts instead of, uh, you know, doing it as a, a three-man show. So we'll see how that changes things, and hopefully it's uh, still an entertaining product. But you guys let us know. Give us your feedback. Uh, that's all I've got for right now. Um, hope you guys had a great 4th of July holiday. Uh, looking forward to really digging in and kicking off the college football season. Uh, a lot of interesting news going around, so keep keep your eyes out as, as we work towards media day seasons here coming up here in, a, in the next couple of weeks. Um, Lord knows there will be some hijinks at, at the very least coming out of that, so keep it tuned here. We will keep you covered and get you ready for the season kickoff in, uh, I guess it's in late August that Florida State will be kicking off against Duquesne, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, like I said, keep it tuned here. Let us know what questions, thoughts you have as we get into preview season. All right. Until next time, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.